Steve Jobs went from having his birth parents give him up for adoption and being a college dropout to co-founding Apple and being recognized as one of the most influential entrepreneurs of all time. Steve Wozniak sold his HB65 calculator for $500 and Steve Jobs sold his VW bus for $750 to buy supplies to launch. He usually went to work wearing a black long sleeve turtleneck, Levi's 501 blue jeans and New Balance sneakers. His choice was inspired by an applied mathematics professor at Brown University. He liked the idea of having a uniform for himself because it was convenient and it gave him a signature style. Need motivation? Watch Top 10 with Believe Nation. What's up, Believe Nation? It's Evan. I believe in you, and this channel is designed to be part of your daily success routine. So let's get your motivation to a 10. Here's my take on Steve Jobs' Top 10 Rules of Success, Volume 3. Also, if you want to know what Steve Jobs and other successful entrepreneurs have to say about building unstoppable confidence, check out my 254 Confidence series, where every day for the next 254 days, I will send you a morning video for free to help you build your confidence. The link to join is in the description below. What separates the successful entrepreneurs from the non-successful ones is pure perseverance. Okay, let's kick it off with rule number one, work with the best. I've noticed something in my life, which is the people that are really good want to work with the best people they can find. Hopefully people that are even better than them. You know, I mean, that's my view of things is if, if you work with people that aren't as good as you, then you, know, you become a country of midgets. If you work with people that are better than you, then you really grow. Rule number two, be customer driven. We've also had a lot of requests from companies to port NextStep to other platforms, and we're talking to some of those companies right now. Now, Sun, we got a lot of requests from Sun customers to port NextStep to Sun. So a lot of them are saying, look, we, we may not want to buy them anymore, but we already bought 500 and we don't want to throw them in the bay. So can we put your software on them? Because Sun's falling behind in software. Now, Sun says they'd rather stick needles in their eyes than help us do this. <laughs> That's a quote. And, um, So we're evaluating right now which will be worse for Sun, if we port it or if we don't port it. And since we're fairly, <laughs> since we're fairly customer driven, we'll probably end up doing what the customers ask us to do, because uh, we want to make them happy. Rule number three, focus on quality. A group of people that do not use quality in their marketing are the Japanese. You never see them using quality in their marketing. It's only the American companies that do. And yet, if you ask people on the street which products have the best reputation for quality, they will tell you the Japanese products. Now, why is that? How could that be? The answer is because customers don't form their opinions on quality from marketing. They don't form their opinions on quality from who won the, uh, the Deming Award or who won the Baldrige Award. They form their opinions on quality from their own experience with the products or the services. And so one can spend enormous amounts of money on quality. One can win every quality award there is. And yet if your products don't live up to it, customers will not keep that opinion for long in their minds. And so I think where we have to start is with our products and our services, not with our marketing department. And we need to get back to the basics and go improve our products and services. Now again, quality isn't just the product or the service. It's having the right product, you know, knowing where the market's going and having the most innovative products is just as much a part of quality as the quality of the construction of the product when you have it. 
Rule number four, stay focused on your mission. Did it hurt to have your people, the people who you know love you, boo you like that? Is it, is, see, huh, I didn't know this was People, People Magazine. <laughs> no, well, this is, this is, there is, well, I, I, and, and I'd like, I'd like no, you to answer, no, you, you brought it up yourself, you said yeah. emotion, you know, emotionally, you know, you a different reaction. No, I mean, I, I don't feel my job is to win a popularity contest right now. You know, I feel my job is to help the team at Apple do the right things to turn this company around so that it can really prosper again. And, and I think that's going to happen. And if, if some, you know, some people, I mean, the, the markets, we're talking markets now that are so large that there's, you know, someone or some group of people that aren't going to like just about anything we do. But my job's not to win a popularity contest. Rule number five, don't compromise. It seems like all the good people I really want to hire, it seems to take me a year to hire them. And it's always been that way, even at Apple. Some of the best technical people or whoever, it always seemed to take me like a year to pry them out of HP or wherever. <laughs> and it took, me a, it took me over a year to hire I think Mike has the award. You're about a year and a half. Uh, and they're all worth it. Uh, what happens is I usually meet somebody that is really good, I think is very, very good, and you can't get them. And then you go try to find other people and you, nobody measures up, you know, when you meet somebody that good, just you always compare them to this one person, you, you know you're gonna be settling for second best if you compromise. And I've always found it best not to compromise. And Rule number six, appreciate your team. I want you all to go into one of our retail stores in the next eight, 10 weeks, and just give one of the Apple retail store employees a hug. <laughs> a candid Steve Jobs. My theory of, of management is, is the Beatles. Deflecting credit for Apple's success by citing his favorite band. But together, they, they helped amplify each other's really good tendencies, and that's true of any team. And we got a really great team here at Apple. Thanking them for their work on the iPhone the day before its release. And I think everybody who's worked on iPhone and made those sacrifices is gonna feel that it's been worth it. Rule number seven, do right things. Somebody taught me a long time ago a very valuable lesson, which is if you do the right things on the top line, the bottom line will follow. And what they meant by that was, if you get the right strategy, if you have the right people, and if you have the right culture, culture at your company, you'll do the right products, you'll do the right marketing, you'll do the right things logistically and in manufacturing and distribution. And if you do all those things right, the bottom line will follow. Rule number eight, create a competitive advantage. We came up with the software called Next Step, which lets you build apps five to 10 times faster than anything anyone's ever seen. And after you build them, they're deployable and usable by mere mortals, because it's really easy to use, this computer. And you can interoperate your custom apps seamlessly with a bunch of off-the-shelf productivity apps. So we go to these companies that uh, use Suns and take two years to write their apps, or are thinking about using Suns, and they can write their apps in about 90 days on the next. Now, if you're on Wall Street and you can write, you can create a new product in 90 days versus your competitor in two years, that's eight new products you can field for their every one. And you can start to see the competitive advantage that can be created this way. Now, we had no idea that we were any good at this when we started Next. Um, 
A lot of times you don't know what your competitive advantage is when you launch a new product. When we did the Macintosh, we never anticipated desktop publishing when we created the Mac. Sounds funny, because that turned out to be the Mac's compelling advantage, right? The thing that it did, not one and a half or two times better than everything else, but you know, four or five times better than anything else, where you had to have one. We never anticipated it. We anticipated bitmap displays and laser printers, but we never thought about PageMaker or that whole industry really coming down to the desktop. Maybe we weren't smart enough. But we were smart enough to see it start to happen nine to 12 months later. And we changed our entire marketing and business strategy to focus on desktop publishing. And it became the Trojan horse that eventually got the Mac into corporate America, where it could show its owners all the other wonderful things it could do. Likewise, when we created Next Step, this revolutionary object-oriented software that we have, our target customer coming from the PC world where shrink-wrapped apps were king was Lotus and Adobe and WordPerfect and all the shrink-wrapped apps developers. And the purpose was to let them create their apps five to ten times faster, these shrink-wrapped apps. And it worked. We have a ton of shrink-wrapped apps now, best of breed in almost every category. But it wasn't until early in 91, early last year, a little over a year ago, that some really big companies came to us and said, you don't understand what you've got. The same software that allows Lotus to create their apps five to ten times faster is letting us build our in-house mission-critical apps five to ten times faster. And this is the biggest problem we've had. This is a huge problem for every big company and almost all medium-sized companies. And you have the solution in your hands and you dummies don't even know it. And it took them about three months before we finally heard it. Uh, and in last summer, we changed our whole sales and marketing strategy around to focus on that. It's taken off like a rocket. And uh, we grew about 4x last year and probably grow about 2x this year. And our customer list is, is now very, very strong and, and growing like crazy. We just got back from spending a few days in DC and in New York. And uh, we're talking to customers we only dreamed of talking to a, a year ago. Rule number nine, be your own audience. Apple was a very classic Silicon Valley startup in the sense that uh, Steve Wozniak and my partner both worked for Hewlett Packard. Matter of fact, Woz was still working there when we started Apple. And Hewlett Packard was the genesis of, of not just the concept of starting your own company, but, um, and of course it was the primary role model in the Valley, but it was also the, the ethics or the ethical basis of um, how you wanted to build your company, a company that was based on values, not based on just making money. And uh, HP had, uh, had the HP way, and they had a list of their values. And the first one was, we need to make a profit or else we can't keep this company going. But after that, they got into how they wanted to treat individuals and conduct their corporate life. And it was, uh, it's very idealistic in my opinion. So we were, we were very much influenced by that. The second uh, thing that made us very, very typical in a way was that we were building a product that we ourselves were the customer for. We were building something we wanted ourselves, just like Hewlett and Packard started uh, building test equipment and equipment for engineers. Well, they were engineers, so they, they could, in essence, do the marketing. They could figure out what an engineer might want in a product as well as design it. We wanted a computer, and we knew exactly what we wanted in a computer, so we could do the marketing as well as the engineering of that product. 
This changed later as we started selling to people that were different than us, but certainly in the first several years of Apple, we were selling to people that were just like us. And a lot of Silicon Valley companies have started that way. Um, and uh, it's, it's, you know, it's very efficient. Uh, I, I think it, it works quite well. And rule number 10, the last one before a very special bonus clip, is have fun. We're introducing a revolutionary new product for your iPod. Socks. <laughs> They're really cool, actually. You can put your iPod in them, and uh, they go like that. They keep your iPod warm on cold days. They protect it, and they, they give you a little more personality. Good morning, Starbucks, and how can I help you? Yes, I'd like to order 4,000 lattes to go, please. No, just kidding. Wrong number. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Clicker is not working. All right. They're scrambling backstage right now. It is magical. I know it because I got this email. I was sitting in a cafe with my iPad, and it got a girl interested in me. I'm working pretty hard, and uh, so are a lot of people, but I'm one of them. My car's there pretty early, and it's in the parking lot pretty late. And on week 